Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line on SportsGrid. Hour number two, I hope you've had your coffee. It's time for a refill for Kevin and I, but we are also resetting the news and notes of what we're hearing in the headlines in the sports world. Kevin, we dove into the NFL with Carolina Panthers in hour number one, but, you know, these other sports... We're starting to hear how they may come back. We talked a lot about Major League Baseball and their proposals. Now with the NBA, I'm starting to hear that Disney World Mm. seems to be the favorite. Remember, we talked about Vegas and MGM on the Strip, but it looks like Orlando is kind of the uh, leading contender now to house the NBA because they can, in essence, you know how I always say, the Truman Show, right? They can self-contain what they need for not only the NBA, but all the staffers and the television production that would be required to get basketball back, you know, in this country. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting because I thought Vegas had that leg up. I, I, you know, I would have made Vegas a considerable favorite not all too long ago. And now... You know, the thing is, when, when a guy like Shams or Woj or Chris Haynes gives us this information, it is usually very, very solid to say that Orlando is now the front runner. And, I mean, it makes sense, right? We've seen pretty much Florida has been the uh, focal point for reopening. And that's where the UFC held their events. That's where wrestling's been having their events. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it makes, it makes sense that kind of that's where they're going to go. And that's where going to, you know, I guess that's, I don't know if it's where they feel the safest or maybe it's just where they feel the most welcome, but they feel like through the accommodations and what have you, it seems like Orlando is going to be the spot. Yeah, and here's the thing. Remember what I've been saying about Major League Baseball and how now there's this kind of ugly back-and-forth labor dispute going on that, by the way, we've got to settle pretty soon if we want to have games happening. But remember what I always said, that they just haven't, they just got to that part of the process to start figuring it out, right? And here, yeah. what we have is in the NBA, I'm hearing about a call on June 1st or on June 1st, there's going to be this proposal. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit concerned, Kevin, that once we hit the first week of June, the same kind of back and forth about players wanting to play or the regular season games or where this will happen or how much money is lost, I fear that we're going to start to have the same kinds of conversations with the NBA returning now that we get these details that unions are going to have to agree to. So I think there's there's certain pieces that that'll need to be figured out, right? One of the reports um, is that they're going to push for a 70 game regular season because right. they want to fulfill TV contracts, which is very small. For the future, for next year, right? No, for I believe for this coming season oh, they're going to try they're going to try to get to 70. So that there would mean are, like playing, say like six of the 18 that are out there left. I think it's anywhere between maybe four and eight games, let's say. Okay, depends. Like, I think the sure. Bucks needed like five more. I think the Lakers maybe needed like seven, right? I think I was um so they're they're trying to play these regular season games, which makes sense. Uh, I think we heard Jason Tatum say that he would like to play some regular season games before uh you know, they would have to play the playoffs. We've, we've talked about, you know, teams needing time to ramp up, and that's what this regular season would be, and it also can bring in more revenue. The question around that, though, is, is it worth the risk? I think there is, unfortunately, some idea that is going around out there that the coronavirus is gone. It's not gone. No, we're, just do, we've, we're just doing better, and there is still risk. So if you bring 16 teams opposed to 30 teams, that is a considerable difference. But if you are looking to finish these regular season requirements, then guess what? Knicks, Warriors, Cavs, Kings, Suns, everybody, you got to come down to Orlando. We got to figure this out. Now, the owners, probably very willing to do that because of one, they're not going to go. And two, exactly. Yeah, it is money for them. Are the players willing? It depends because it can be money for them, but maybe it's too much of a risk for them. I think the financials aren't as complicated, Dane, because they already played so much of their season. Right. But I will just add this quickly before I toss it back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're the Warriors for that final, let's call it six games, right? why would Curry or Draymond or Andrew Wiggins or Marquis even Chris go? They wouldn't. 
Absolutely. And that's the point where we get into the competitive balance of it all, right? So then all of a sudden, if you happen to have, you know, uh, these teams on your schedule in these five or 11 or eight or 18 games, and you're the ninth seed in the playoffs, right? Like, that's a big competitive balance issue. And you make the point, remember, like, that's Blake a Snell. Problem, What's the schedule? Yeah, good question. I don't know yet. Remember, I've been saying the devil is in the details, and then we're going to start to hear some pushback. As soon as we started to hear the details, Blake Snell was on some like, nah, I ain't doing that. Yeah. You're telling me there is not some veteran player on a team right now that is already out of the playoffs that's like, wait a second. The risk of me traveling to Disney World and doing all this, doing my job, for what? For my team to play out the regular season and a string of seven games that doesn't really matter? It ain't worth it. And I'm telling you, I do believe it's not like that's a different feeling among humans, right? Blake Snell has some legitimate points. You're telling me there is no basketball player that feels that way? We just haven't gotten to it yet. You know, LeBron and Chris Paul are saying 75% of the players want to play. Well, if you're one of those 25% of players and you're going to be asked to do what? Go to Disney World, leave your family to be quarantined there for who knows how long, take on some risk to get through some four or five meaningless games of your NBA season. I don't know that everyone would see that as a cost-benefit analysis. So we shall see. I also want to turn our attention to baseball because we're going to know more about the NBA in June 1st when the details start happening. You know, I thought this was interesting, though. You know what happens in baseball all the time with the uh, champions? Right. They have their, you know, banners and their ring ceremony. They visit the White House, whatever the case may be. Well, this Sunday, Kevin, uh, the Washington Nationals are going to have a virtual ring ceremony. If you get the link, are you going to Zoom bomb it? <laughs> nah, I mean, I'll let them do their thing. But hey, look, it's cool <laughs> that they, everyone deserves a ring ceremony. Right. Like those are the kind of things yeah. like that ability because they want it in uh, Houston. Because the weirdest thing was all road teams winning every single game in that past World right. Series. Um, the ability to go in front of your base and like that's a, it's a real moment that that a franchise like the Nationals, of course, has been you know looking forward to. So you know that's 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 super unfortunate, man. That that's basically going to have to be how it plays out for them. But the first time they're in front of their fans again, it'll be a big celebration. So you have to know that that's coming. But when is that going to be? 2021? Sure, but it doesn't. <laughs> it'll be. Listen, you and I both know that whenever that is, it could be 2025. That time, though, the Nationals fans will be like, you demand. Absolutely. You know, it'll be ironic, though. This may be the first time in history where when they finally raise the banner or get that, you know, curtain call or standing ovation, they may no longer be the defending champions <laughs> when that happens, right? If we're talking about this happening point. in, like, late right. March of 2021 after this weird, crazy 80-game season where we crown a World Series champion in December or January, by the time fans are back in Washington to welcome their team opening day of 2021... They're going to be hanging an old banner. You know? yeah, they're so going to have to repeat. That's the that's pressure on them now. I guess, right. <laughs> added pressure to repeat. You know, the last thing I wanted to mention here on Major League Baseball, and uh, coming back, when we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to have our guy Martino Puccio, and we are going to be talking about Bundesliga, okay? We had that first match day last week, and, you know, there's some very interesting matchups in this weekend that we're definitely going to cover. But, I, I, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for this player, uh, Kevin. And um, there is uh, reports that a certain player wants to come back despite being, like, in his late 40s. And the question is, and the thing is, like, I actually don't even know how old this man is. I don't think it matters because there's no more lovable, joyful player in Major League Baseball than this man who may want to give it a go and is looking like if he does, it may be with the New York Metropolitans. You know who I'm talking about, right, Kev? I don't. I don't. You I saw don't? it totally. I saw oh. it. See, the funny thing is, I'll tell you the story when you finish. But I was, right. you'll, you'll understand my confusion when I tell you who it was. Because uh, your description uh, was very friendly. Interesting. Well, no, I, I like this dude. Come, come get a whiff. Come get a whiff of my Bartolo Cologne. Um, it looks like Bartolo is going to give it another go. He wants yeah. to come back. It seems like he wants to do it with the Mets and retire. I mean, 
you know, what is he, 47, 48, 46? And that's just what it says on the birth certificate. He's probably really a little bit older than that. Do you think it could happen? And uh, would you like to see him circle the bases again? Yeah, sure. A home run. That my favorite, like the craziest thing about him hitting that home run was uh, Gary Cohn on the call calling it one of the great moments in baseball history. <laughs> and I was like, dude, what? But like, it it is Bartolo. Like the the I, random athleticism that he was like able to to put on display. Why not? Especially like they're missing Syndergaard. Who sure. cares? Let Bartolo go out there and have fun. The the piece of news that I had uh, saw this morning that oh, I thought okay. you alluding to. Um, was Manny Ramirez ah. being linked to play in the Chinese Professional Baseball League? And he hasn't got any bumps, right? Well, I, I, I think they're they're trying to figure it out. I think he's 47. But basically, like you were talking about, like an old guy, a big personality. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm but pretty sure Manny. he's a Yankee fan. There's yeah. no way he'd be this complimentary over Manny Ramirez. <laughs> You know, with Manny Ramirez, and I got to tell you also, uh, you know, I grew up playing baseball here in New York City in high school and stuff like that. And um, one of the teams that's in my division as a high school kid growing up was George Washington High School, okay, known as a huge national powerhouse right here in Washington Heights, okay? Um, This is where Manny Ramirez went uh, to high school and others uh, who have made the major leagues, absolutely. So I remember, I have stories about Manny Ramirez in high school dominating high school play. Um, But it's kind of Manny being Manny. And I'll also tell you, I have never seen a better right-handed power hitter in my life than Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez was part amazing hitter, like Ichiro Wade Boggs, and part power hitter. Manny Ramirez was so good, Kevin, that he would purposefully, in the first at-bat of a game, sometimes look silly on a specific kind of pitch, okay? Call it a slider down and away. Call it whatever it was. Because he then knew that the pitcher in a big spot think, would think that he could go back at Manny there. Go, let give you another inside fastball. Let give you another slider down and away. And then Manny, like in the sixth inning, would know it was coming and absolutely park it. He would do that That's purposefully. Amazing. So to be that good to be able to do that, I, I do not know a better professional power hitter in my generation than the baby bull Manny Ramirez. But I digress. Here's what we're going to do. So whether it's Manny, whether it's Bartolo Colon... <laughs> Maybe the old dude they will find their way back. But when we come back, we turn our attention to Bundesliga and football. We've got our guy, Martino Puccio. He'll join the show, and we're going to get you a little bit of action for this weekend's match days out there in Germany. He's Kevin. I'm Dane. We're going to be going three wide when we come back. Martino joins the show to talk Bundesliga. We're giving you the edge, short-term, medium-term, and long-term. But for this weekend, you want to make money? Come on back. You can throw another barbecue. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back into the early line right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane. He's Kevin. And we are also now joined by my man, friend of the network, friend of the show, Martino Puccio, who, you know, leads our soccer coverage on Free Kick and elsewhere on this network. Hey, Martino, thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us today. Thank you. It's always great to, you know, finally get people sucked into soccer. I know Kevin is uh, <laughs> finally embracing it, as is everyone else on the network. And it doesn't have to do with the World Cup, which is always the weird part. Because it's <laughs> yeah. usually everyone on in the World Cup, like, oh, I love this sport now. But now it's finally, you know. Right. You know, we're up. talking about how now that we're in our shelter in times and staying at home, that relatively speaking, we'll watch anything. I mean, Kevin's setting his alarm for KBO at like 2 a.m. just to hammer some unders. But I digress. We'll get into it. So, Martino, I got to ask you, first of all, Bundesliga is back, right? And it was the first league in Europe to talk about returning, to ultimately return. I think they wanted to start about a week earlier and it got pushed back, right? So talk to me, why is Bundesliga the first league to return and kind of, are they getting any flack or is it like business as usual? Everyone's just happy to see live sports. 
So basically, it's just German efficiency, right? I feel I feel like that's always the word you associate the Germans with is that they've always had this plan and they've been training for weeks prior to this with the club level. They've been doing a ton of testing and all that stuff. From what I understand in the general public over there, they're not too thrilled with the whole situation because there's a lot of people out there that still haven't really gotten the tests that they would have needed. Um, because at the end of the day, it is sports. And a lot of people think that you should put other businesses uh, uh, before that and and basically anything else besides the sport, even though they're obsessed with it. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it gives people something to watch. It, it keeps them interested, just like it is over here as well. And you know what? At the end of the day, there is a lot of money to have been lost because Bundesliga is moving from Fox to ESPN Plus this summer. Ooh. So they need to get as much of that deal and that money that they can out of Fox before they shift over to ESPN. Now, that's one of the things I've, I've noticed is the importance of the TV networks throughout this process. It's playing a factor in the NBA. It's playing a factor with Major League Baseball, of course. And like to see that it's the same exact thing in soccer, it shows um, just how important it is. From that you know, first weekend return of games, what were your overall thoughts on it, whether it be the quality of play, just excited to see it back. What were your overall thoughts from the return of the Bundesliga? Well, this is basically what the Bundesliga is like. I mean, there's just absolutely no defense. Like I told Kevin <laughs> once, Dane, I was like, so you're basically watching the Washington Wizards play this year. It's a lot of fun offense and all that, but when you get to the defensive side of things, you're just like, all right, well, this isn't fun. So we'll just focus on the offensive side of things. And that way it's a little bit easier to watch. Um, if you're a big uh, soccer guy like myself, you know, who loves the ins and outs of that stuff. Um, I thought it was overall actually really, really good. You didn't see guys get too tired. I think implementing five substitutes rather than mm. the three is a major factor in this because you're not going to get as many guys as tired out. You don't have to push them into the 90 minutes. Mm. Um, the, the only thing is uh, the atmosphere in Germany is really fantastic. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen some uh, or, or know what a TIFO is. A TIFO is basically just the giant signs that all the fans mm -hmm. make together. Right. And Borussia Dortmund's known for that. They probably have the best ones in the world. Um, it's, it's debatable, obviously, like everything. But just a simple fact that that wasn't there was the only thing you might have liked to have seen. But at the end of the day, if you're just watching the sport and you're getting goals like that game was four to nothing, you don't really notice. You don't really care. And, you know, at the end of the day, for me, I'm a Mets fan. And even, Dane, you watch the Jets, too. The stadium's empty a lot of the time, right? right? So, <laughs> so it doesn't make a difference to guys like that. And especially if you're into gambling, right? Because all you care about is results and making your money. So at the end of the day, if there's not all the fans there, it's, it's not the end of the world. I got to ask you, Martino, you know, from a from a basic standpoint, and we'll dig into some of the games this weekend, you know, coming up. But I do want to understand big picture in general, you know, for some of our novice sports investors that want to dabble in soccer. The biggest difference, there's two big things for me that I would love you to clarify for our investing audience here. The first is the idea that when you bet soccer, there are three options and the draw is included, right? And so you can literally see both teams at like plus money and you're like, ooh, <laughs> you know, they, I've cracked the code. But because of that draw, you really struggle. I'd like to understand at a basic level what having the three options, including the draw means. And then the other thing I'd like to ask you, when I see totals for mm -hmm. soccer, I usually see like, over two and a half and over three, or over 2.75 and over three. It's weird to me that when you're betting soccer, there's kind of these multiple bets, either with the draw or when you put your money out there, you're actually splitting it up and betting half a unit on two different totals. Can you tell the audience a little bit of how to uh, kind of wrap your head around that when betting soccer? Okay, so we'll, we'll go with the three first, right? Sure. So, I mean... It, I think it is by far the most difficult money line sport you could probably go with simply because of the draws, right? And and a lot of people get angry at that, that the mm -hmm. games end in ties. But the most popular sport over here ends in a tie, so I, mean, I digress there. Um, <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, it really is just your gut feeling. And I think the most important thing to go off of is recent form. And now it's a little bit difficult because there is a long layover that is I, almost— Nobody's form is recent. Exactly. And and the funniest part is that soccer offseason really isn't as long as a lot of American sports, too. 
In reality, you're only sitting out most of June, but that also depends with certain teams because certain teams have the best players and the best players play in international tournaments. So their break isn't as long and they, and they get a little bit less rest as it goes because the season starts up in August. But I think the important thing here is you got to go off of recent form, see how teams are playing. You have to be on top of formations because usually when it's just three substitutions, you wow. know a guy isn't going to see a lot of time. And if you're not that high on a team when a guy isn't seeing a lot of time or most likely won't play or have a big impact in a game, then that really takes you away from going towards that team winning that game. And at the end of the day, I mean, look, a draw would have to be something. The beauty of the draw is this. If you're really going back and forth on a game, why not put down on a draw? It could be big plus money at a time. You know, if you're yeah. getting plus 250 on a game, I mean, why not? Because my philosophy is this. At the end of the day, if you're only risking like 20 bucks in a hypothetical here, that's the most you're losing in this situation. But you have the ability to make more than double that with the draw odds. So, I mean, for that, I think that's the safest way to play it. I don't think you're risking a lot. I think that's the beauty of it. But at the end of the day, with all three options like that, it makes it a little bit more difficult. But at the end of the day, it can't. you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so what, and so, what have, and three goals to bet as a total. Okay, yeah. So this is this is what makes FanDuel great, in my opinion, right? Because if you look at all the options, if you go to a specific game, for example, right. you have over one and a half. They give you, they just give you the numbers, right? So we'll go one and a half, two and a half, three and a sure. half, or whatever it is, half a goal. They give you the options of yes and no. So I mean, here's the thing: if you feel confident that a, uh, that a game's going to be high scoring, say you could definitely see a two-two game definitely doable why not just go over two and a half over right. three and a half right because it also some places offer you were saying 2.75 per example too right so mm. why not just take two and a half and 275 at the end of the day right because basically it's to say you can't get 2.6 goals right <laughs> you're not, not going to get in between those two so you might as well take both of them if the offer is there and if some places offer a parlay for that too i mean jump on it, it it's there's a lot of things, and again, it's just at the end of the day, it's just basic shopping. It's what you guys talk about. It's what everyone else on the network discusses as well. So if you have the ability to just go through that, just check some of your options, and you have a strong feel on a game, just go for it. Yeah, I've actually, I've really enjoyed kind of looking at the betting lines for soccer at the FanDuel Sportsbook because of, they are, you know, they're aggressive. They give you a ton of options, a lot of parlays, which yeah. um, I know you love, Martino. We'll talk about that probably within the next segment. <laughs> But the other yeah. thing I want to make sure I ask you about is the fact that there aren't fans, right? Like you kind of talked mm -hmm. about the atmosphere that the Bundesliga can bring in it. And it's just, it's soccer as a whole. And to me, like the only things that we can go off of that had no fans were the KBO with all, and they mentioned that the KBO has an incredible atmosphere, but it's nothing that I'm even remotely familiar with. And then the UFC is, well, of course, they have fans, but there's also a lot of guys, you know, can come from the Ultimate Fighter, the Contender Series. Like, a lot of them have experience fighting kind of without fans. But for Dortmund to be playing in a derby with nobody in the stands, that has to be so different. So I'm just curious to you how it compares and how you think it will impact teams, the fact that there aren't fans, especially how important it is to the game as a whole. I, th I think it's vastly important more important than any sport honestly and and obviously i watch all the sports over here mm -hmm. religiously as well on top of this listen man if you go back to the 2014 world cup when uh, germany went into brazil the first european seven one, team, right seven yeah nothing? seven seven one in that game yeah the first european team to ever win a world cup in a south american country why is that probably because of the home atmosphere and you see it all the time, too. If you watch Champions League games, I know that's a big thing for people to bet on here because the viewership yeah. is astronomical. You see it all the time. Just wait till you get back into the return league when the team gets back home. They play better there. There's a reason behind that stuff, and, and it has to do a lot with the fans. And at the end of the day, to some level, everyone has always played in front of no one. And it's just mm -hmm. kind of getting used to that again. And with a team like Borussia Dortmund and German teams, they really just don't pay attention to it that much because you should be focusing on the game itself. And in reality, it didn't really bother Borussia Dortmund, for example, <laughs> at all. I mean, 4 nothing in a derby, nonetheless, which is always a very intense match. 
Um, you know, Martino, we're going to ask you about some of your picks for this weekend, the match day. I believe it's match day 27 or 28 in Bundesliga. And I know that there are two games I'm specifically very interested in because I think it's, you know, it's teams that are towards the top of the table, right, playing against each other. One of them is going to be Leverkusen against, oh, and check my pronunciation. Kevin knows this. Magen Glanbach. That's one of them that I'm definitely going to get into. And the other one is Dortmund against Wolfsburg that I'm very interested in. But we'll probably talk a little bit about that on the other side of the break. But I also want to tee this up for you because I don't know if uh, you've thought about this. I've seen a few articles because, listen, in Europe, the financial impact of COVID is absolutely ridiculous, right? And one of the things that happens in soccer, unlike other sports out there, is Teams go on, players go on loan and get literally bought and sold, right? And it's kind of weird to me. I'd love, when we come back, I'd love you to explain to me how that's happening this year when organizations and front offices and owners may have dramatically less money to spend. I saw an article where in the MLS, you know, these guys may be ready to start buying some high-end European talent because the European clubs won't be able to do so because of the economic downturn in uh, Europe with COVID-19. Because these players get bought, go on loans, and it's kind of a weird situation, I'd love to, on the other side of the break, get your thoughts on, are we going to see major players moving because of financial trouble of some teams? You're a Mets fan. Like, is Bernie Madoff coming to all of European <laughs> soccer? I want to get your thought on that and some of the big-time matchups and the match day this weekend in Bundesliga. We'll do that when we come back on the early line. We're about to give you the edge, people. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line. We are giving you the edge on SportsGrid. It could be about the Carolina Panthers. It could be about the NBA playoffs. Or it could be about Bundesliga. And that's why we're bringing on our man, Martino. He's on the show Free Kick here on this network. So if you, uh, after this, if you're like, whoa, this guy's giving me ways to win a little bit of extra <laughs> cash. And definitely go on over to Free Kick as well. But, Martino, before we went to break, I was asking you, and you mentioned, you know, it's called that financial fair play, right? Yeah. And there's certain rules about how money is, you know, kind of spent, um, payrolls, how we bring in players on loan, that sort of thing. And it's more complicated than in a lot of American sports. And I was just wondering, what does the kind of economic implications of this pandemic across Europe have for the idea of financial free play or the idea of, you know, getting Raheem Sterling on loan for 70 million yeah. euro this summer, you know? So um, are there any things that are going to be kind of unique this year as it pertains to the financials of European soccer? Yeah, so first of first and foremost, we have no damn idea. It's, just, right. it's like we, we have nothing like, you know, because we, we don't even know when these leagues are returning. And yeah. a lot of the reason why a lot of these leagues want to get back to it is simply for TV money, right? And it's yeah. why the NBA, for example, it suffers when it doesn't have the, the playoffs go deeper than they want them to. Longer series equal more TV money from the networks. Basically the same kind of thing. You get more games here in, in the leagues. You're going to get more money. And remember, the leagues here, every single regular season game is a playoff game because the whole season – is the regular season playoffs included. So I think that's important to know. In my opinion, I think since the season is going to stretch over into the summer in a few leagues, that the the financial uh, transfer market opens in July. But a lot of teams get deals done earlier than that. Um, mm. I do think there's going to be a grace period from UEFA. UEFA basically controls what amount of money teams are able to spend. This is the most basic way to explain it, right? Because it gets very complicated. Sure. Um, teams can pay in installments. So if you're buying a Raheem Sterling for 100 million euros, you don't have to pay it in one large sum. You could pay it over the stretch of years, and that way you could financially be flexible. Or you could just lie about how much money you're it's making like, like Manchester City. But go ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a mortgage, yeah. But the only way that teams really pay for one lump sum is if they trigger a release clause. And a release clause is basically like, we don't want to negotiate with a club. We want this player so bad that we are willing to pay the price that they have on them. That's what PSG did with Monaco. 
They paid like almost 300 million euros for Kylian Mbappe. Um, I do think a lot of rumors and a lot of people I talk to in Europe think that there is going to be a rolling transfer window that will be going on for most of the fall into January. And those who don't know, a lot of the times in August or the first weekend of September, the window closes for the summer and you can no longer transfer in players and you have to wait for January to do that. But again, you don't know the the ramifications of it. You don't know if UEFA might give clubs a one to two year grace period where they can get their stuff together because this affects everyone. It's not just like a couple of clubs. It impacts everybody and they, they don't want to see a lack of money moving around, right? Because then that means the best teams aren't getting better. Teams who are on the come up can't improve their teams. And if the quality of play isn't improving in Champions League, that's a little less viewership. And we have a major market over here and the Champions League games are played at a great time 2.45 in the afternoon a lot. It's over 300 million people that you could potentially be missing out on because top names like Jadon Sancho and Borussia Dortmund isn't going to a Chelsea or Manchester United, and that all factors in. So one of the interesting things, well, when you think about financial impact, right? So I noticed from this past weekend, four of the top five teams got result. Leipzig let things slip. And I was having a conversation with you before you came on just about the importance of Champions League this year. And it really kind of opened my eyes about just how important that though one of those top four spots is and one of these you know teams within the top five is then going to be on the outside looking in yeah look i mean there's no mistake about it a team that makes the champions league and if the further you go into the champions league you're almost doubling tripling your money that you're bringing in and that's why you see teams like real madrid and barcelona teams who go deep in the competition regularly like the rich get richer in this scenario right sure. if you have more success you're getting more money if you're not having as much success you're being a little inconsistent like chelsea is a great example because they're inconsistent with making the champions league uh, not making it. They were ones who just recently had a transfer ban and weren't able to spend this past summer. Um, so the funny thing about that is that you need to make Champions League. And I root for a team, AC Milan, who's, I mean, they used to be the best, and now they're really crippled all the time because their wage bill is so high and they're banking on making the Champions League. And I mean, as dumb as that is, uh, there's ramifications to it. If you're not making Champions League, you're running at a loss because you're not making the money you expect it to make. And if you're not doing that, then you can't afford a lot of things. And if you're not having a lot of fans come into the stadium, like match day sales for tickets in a stadium are so important. Aside from TV, that might be probably the second most important thing aside from commercial revenue and all that stuff. So at the end of the day, it's all a trickle down effect. Um, but there's a lot of smart clubs like Leipzig who doesn't really invest a ton of money in the transfer market. They like smarter, savvy moves, kind of money ball, like the Oakland mm. Athletics. Another example to kind of help bridge the gap mm -hmm. here. So at the end of the day, look, I mean, if you don't make Champions League and you have a high wage bill, you could see a lot of teams starting to sell off guys. And, and one of those teams you could say is Lyon in France, who isn't making the Champions League because Ligue 1 concluded their season and right. went with the current standings. So now they're in a position where they're going to have to sell off some guys. All right, fair enough, Martino. Let's 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 get into it, okay? Mm. Because to me, there is a big game in Match Day 27 this weekend, right on the cusp of that line, right? Teams that are looking to qualify for Champions League, potentially uh, Europa as well. Right now, Leverkusen, who got a big-time road victory last weekend, they are in fifth place, I do believe, okay? And they have, you know, my squad that I have to now try to pronounce, Mucking Gladbach, um, who are in third place. And I want to ask you, because you just said this idea that goals are scored a lot in Bundesliga. And I think these are two high-scoring teams. Listen, Mucking Gladbach, I don't know if I got that one right, but <laughs> You can like, just go Gladbach. I'll go Gladbach from here on. Listen, <laughs> they've gone over two and a half goals in seven of their last eight league matches. They go over two and a half goals in 64% if you go on back. And then Leverkusen, they could put the ball in the net as well, right? They've scored over two and a half goals in five of their last six matches. So let me ask you, in this game, is your stronger lean on a team or for me to go right now? And I'm looking at, you know, over two and a half goals at minus 190, over three and a half goals even at plus money. With this kind of game, are you going to pick a side when it's two of the top five teams or are you going to pick a total? Um, I think I would probably go to a total simply because with games like this, this is where soccer gets a little tricky. 
Teams are very close in position. They understand how important this match is. Because you drop these three points, it's really difficult to make up for it because this is the only opportunity that you have. You only play teams twice a season. So this is the last time they're going to be playing each other, and they know it's now or never. So sometimes there will be tighter defense in this matchup because they know every single kick matters. Every single cross that's sent in matters. They're a lot more laser-focused. But I go for team totals in this. I mean, game totals in this, sorry. Um, simply because team totals are a little, you know, it's a little shaky at the end of the day because we saw RB Leipzig as a perfect example. They were getting shot after shot after shot in that mm -hmm. game. And you know what? It just wasn't going in the back of the net. And sometimes, you know what? Okay, if they get two goals, they might not go over their team total. But if they get two and the other team gets one, there you go. You're over two and a half right there. And you right. don't have anything to worry about. And it just gets a little shaky sometimes in tight matchups like this. I don't think you're going to see that highest scoring where it's like over two and a half per team. Mm -hmm. You can go with that if you're feeling good about it and you have to check the lineups. But for me, I love where you can go with both teams to score on this matchup. Ah. Right? And so both right teams now, to score. Yeah. Both teams to score, yes is minus 175, roughly. Yeah, which I don't think is that high of a risk whatsoever. And we discussed, if we if you love a team to, this is the great part, if you love a team to go over their team total, um, then why wouldn't you go for both teams to score, right? If you're, yeah. if you're thinking a game total is going to go over three, do you actually see a 3 nothing scenario on this? No, you're probably going two to one. So at the end of the day, that's both teams to score. So you might as well take that as well. And I think that's always just something that's so perfect with FanDuel and DraftKings that they offer you that kind of option because at the end of the day, there's other places that don't. And this is, again, it comes down to your shopping and finding value. And again, I know people get scared away. Where's the plus money choices and that stuff? It doesn't <laughs> always have to be that, right? You don't have to be so fixated on getting plus money. If you like something... That's sure enough, and in the minus 100s, I always like stuff like that. I've been going with, like, minus 180 for Bayern to win in the first half. Why not go with it if I'm feeling well about it and I'm not risking all that much? And at the end of the day, like, you just got to go with your gut instinct. And for me, whatever's safer and whatever I think is more likely to happen, I put my money on that instead of, you know, just tossing stuff blindly. If you are looking for plus money, though, both of them to score in the first half. Uh, I saw it some nice plus money the other day at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And Gladbach scored in the first minute, had another one in the seventh. Uh, and then close personal friend Havert, who I was introduced to last week by Martino during the Leverkusen game, <laughs> had had, a, had a, a brace, I think, within the first half as well. So yeah. I think both teams bring in the goals at a nice plus money price. Uh, you look through this board, uh, still Martino. What's another game that jumps out to you for an opportunity? Um, do you want me to just head into the parlay then? Or yeah! So, so let me, let me go uh, grab the parlay for you guys. So Gladbach and Leverkusen both to score. Schalke and Augsburg both to score. Bayern money line and Dortmund Wolfsburg over two and a half game total. I guess you to plus 346 was yesterday on FanDuel. It dropped to plus 330, uh, 333. Um, and you go over to DraftKings as well. It's plus 343 at the moment. So you mm. could actually get a little bit better odds on DraftKings for that. Um, so basically, with I guess I could go through my philosophy really quick on the parlay and, and what I like to go with. So I like always having one almost close surefire bet, right, mm -hmm. to kind of make it solidified. And if the more games you toss into a parlay, the higher the odds go and the more likely you are to cash out big time. So Bayern winning just straight up money line, it doesn't present a lot of value on its own at like minus 750 was the last time I checked it. But just having that in there on top of all those others, that could very likely happen. We saw Schalke give up four, go four goals, excuse me. Um, you're not going to probably see them go scoreless again. They're a little inconsistent, but all you need is one at the end of the day, right? It's, mm -hmm. I tell Kevin this all the time, Dane. You just right. need one opportunity in this sport, and, and you right. you could do absolutely nothing. You could be getting 10 shots on goal like Leipzig in a half and not be mm -hmm. putting in the back of the net. You get your one shot on goal, it goes in, there you go, your bet's in. And, and, and again, at this, the most you're risking is the money that you're putting down. It's not a ton of money here, and if you love one of these bets specifically, just go with one of them. If you like Gladbach and Leverkusen to just be both teams to score, there you go right there. And if you want to keep it with... Dortmund and um, Augsburg to go over that, um, I believe it was, then yeah. then take that as well. I mean, you don't have to force yourself 
to take these type of bets and take these valued bets. All right. I'm going to get your official parlay. We'll put it up as a graphic. I'm going to press you on a couple of more questions. We got to pay some bills, though, here on the early line. We come back and finish up with Martino right after this. Come on back. We're about to make some money. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line here on SportsGrid, where where we do is give you the edge. I don't care if it's eSports, the NBA, golf, or Bundesliga, and that's why we've been spending a couple of minutes with our guy Martino. He's on the free kick on this network, so you can get all sorts of insights on a weekly basis now that not only Bundesliga, but other soccer leagues are on the precipice of return. But all right, give us the parlay here, Martino. How am I going to get a little bit of extra cash so I could buy, you know, fillets instead of burgers for my Memorial Day socially distant barbecue? What's the Puccio parlay for this week? All right, so we're going to be going with a fan duel parlay here. Gladbach, Leverkusen, both teams to score is minus 260 at this moment. You go over to Schalke, Augsburg, both teams to score minus 140. Then you bring in the most guaranteed game possibly on the board with Bayern over Frankfurt. It's at minus 750. Then you get Wolfsburg and Dortmund over two and a half game total, minus 164. That totals to plus 333, like we just discussed at the end of that. So best of luck there. Um, it is a possible scenario. And again, even if you don't want to go with the parlay, I think Wolfsburg-Dortmund minus 164 is a safe single bet. All right. Well, there you have it. Here's what we're going to do, Martina. We'll be sure to have you on in the coming weeks to continue to talk about this because if you didn't get us money, we have to give you a little bit of hate as well. And I got to tell you, I have always been interested to talk to you about other topics, especially around Mr. Mariano Rivera. He is my favorite baseball player of all time. I literally cried where he tore his knee up in the warning track in Kansas mm -hmm. City. And so I want to talk to you about that. But thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us. I'm going to try and get paid on uh, Bundesliga this weekend. Thanks for having me. Loved it, guys. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, there you have it, Kevin. You know, he's putting in about four things into a parlay, right? Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued by the Dortmund uh, Wolfsburg game. And as he talked about the Leverkusen uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach game, yes. it sounds like both of those games could be offensive affairs. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take some of his leaning, but I'm just going to not go all the route, okay? I'm only going to make a two-team parlay, and with those two games, the Leverkusen-Wolfsburg, um, or Leverkusen-Gladbach uh, game, mm -hmm. and the Dortmund-Wolfsburg game, I think I'm going to have a little bit more of a conservative parlay, but I'm going to either bet both of those games to go over two and a half mm -hmm. or both teams to score. It looks like those are going to be uh, offense-dynamic-filled games. Yeah, I think that they're probably the two best games coming uh, to us this week with both. Uh, all four teams won last week. Right. Uh, glad back. I mentioned it when we had Martino um, in that in one of the previous segments. It's around plus 200, I believe, with the FanDuel Sportsbooks for both teams to score in the first half. Both teams had two goals in the first half of their previous games. This is a massive matchup. As much as I'm sure the defenses will want to be tighter, these are incredible offenses, and I expect there to be goals. Wolfsburg-Dortmund really jumped out to me. So Dortmund, have, of the last six meetings, won five with a draw in that sixth. They have shut out Wolfsburg huh. in all previous six meetings. We've really? talked about Dortmund. Great offense. Their defense, though, is usually what leaves a bit to be desired. However, they have had, they had a clean four, sheet last weekend. Four of their last five games, they've had wow. clean sheets. Wolfsburg to not score is plus 185. However, I don't know if I want to go that far. This, for me, is a trend that we picked up from last week, Dane, and it was unbeaten 4-0 road favorites. I'm right. going back to the well here again with Dortmund as a road favorite. And I think one of the things that we can take advantage of is that Wolfsburg is coming off of a road win. They actually were one of our road favorites last week, but it was a 90th-minute winner against mm. Augsburg. Far from the same level of what Dortmund's performance was against Schalke for right. a 0 victory. So I love Dortmund straight up to win this game. There's a couple more on the board, but I think Dortmund to win is probably my favorite of the whole bunch. 
you know, you're giving me a little bit of cause for pause in that game. Maybe I'll just go Dortmund money line, and then the goals happening in the other game, the Leverkusen-Gladbach game, that could be another way to skin the cap, but you still got a few hours or even a day to get your bets in, right? Most of these are happening on Saturday, but they stretch it out over the course, right? Match day 27 is going to uh, happen throughout the weekend, so get in what you need to starting tomorrow, going all the way through to, I believe, even like Sunday or Monday. So you'll have a chance to get it on in. All right, Kevin, I want to end on this. You know, it's interesting. May I throw you a few more, if I may? You have more. I have a few more. If I, you know, I just, I just threw a little bit. Oh, I thought that was your I thought that was your answer right there. Oh, you you're going deep. You got a lot of plays. You Listen, really are loving this action, Kevin. I, KBO I, Bundesliga. <laughs> now that you've wet your whistle, you're ready yeah. to shove. Go ahead. The Bundesliga has got me uh, so excited. So also as we look through the, the the road dogs once again, Leipzig this week is a road mm. dog uh, at Mainz. They're um, around a minus two thirty ish favorite, which could be a little bit, but to me it is almost a surefire lock. The reverse fixture where Leipzig hosted Mainz. 8-0 Leipzig. They are going to be all over this team. They are 8 oh. They are furious. They have to be. That they dropped home points to Freeburg. They had, I mean, double-digit shots in that game. They are going to be out there looking to score. You can lay a spread, minus one goal, to bring this up to plus money. Again, if you're looking for plus money, that is a way to, to, to make that move. The other road favorite this week that we have is Hoffenheim. If you remember, we tried it with Hoffenheim last week, hoping that you know, fans could be beneficial for them. They lost 3-0 at home to Hertha Berlin. A very, very, very poor performance. With that being said, the crowd angle might apply more on the road because the road teams are so vicious to Hoffenheim and how they're constructed. This week, Hoffenheim, off that awful performance, is going to Paderborn, who they beat earlier 3-0 in the season. Paderborn is the last place team in the Bundesliga. But Hoffenheim, luckily, off that poor performance, is still a plus-money favorite. I think that's a decent opportunity for us there. Two more to mention. Bayern is playing Frankfurt. Right. Bayern, Frankfurt, last time they played was 5-1. Frankfurt. Really? Bayern's going to be pissed. Bayern is going to be pissed. Like, the spread on this game is two, not one. That is not typical. Oh, wow. They are expected to go out there yeah. and win this game 4 nothing. It is So, the game to go over three and a half goals is minus 130. I think that you could honestly go for a specific bet of Bayern to win 4 nothing because the last two times that Frankfurt went on the road, it was actually against top teams of both Dortmund and Gladbach. They lost both of those games for nothing. Frankfurt is only one on the road twice all season long. That is why you see how Martino had him in, in the parlay. Minus, right. you know, seven, 800, whatever they are, is a lot to play. But they are going to be winning this game. It's a really a matter of how much. And the last one, I wanted to make sure I had something for those who want to be playing on a Friday, a 2.30 Berlin Derby. Uh, last time they played, it was a uh, 1-0 victory for Union, I do believe. Uh, and now what's interesting is the last time they played a normal Bundesliga game, the four previous times, it was Bundesliga 2 action. So it's uh-huh. nice to see both of these teams. They're uh, come on up. Yeah, for me, I will take, though, these are two teams. One point separates them in the standings. They're incredibly, incredibly close. I'm going to take Hertha, who is a, is a plus-money favorite because it's a tight contest, but they are home off of the heels of that 3-0 victory that they had to Hoffenheim. I'm going to roll with Hertha Berlin in the Berlin Derby for the Friday action. Fair enough. I'll take them all. Do you have any more? Because I don't awesome. want to cut you off. All right, fair yeah. enough. Got That's what you got for match day 27. I think you're right. You could always throw uh, Bayern right into the parlay. Um, they're such a big uh, favorite. I'm not going to play them individually. But, you know, it'll get you a little bit of extra value if you want to throw that into a parlay. I am very intrigued by this Leverkusen-Gladbach game. Because, you know, as you mentioned, as Martino mentioned, the idea of qualifying for Champions League and the financial windfall that comes your way if you are in the top four or five, I think Germany gets four in, maybe five, because they are one of the best leagues in the, um, you know, in the continent. But this is a big game, right? With more on the line, qualifying for champions or even to a lesser extent qualifying for Europa is going to be a huge issue. And those are two teams right there on the fringe. So this is going to be a big weekend out there in Bundesliga match day 27, I do believe. All right. So what I was going to say to tie a nice little bow on this um, show, 
you know, we talked about it's coming up on Memorial Day weekend, getting into the beaches or maybe going back to the bars or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mentioned I haven't been back at the bar, a non-Versa bar, in over two months. Yeah. When we do, whenever we do, Kevin, check this out, okay? Down in a beach bar on in Maryland, in the state of Maryland, this is a new idea. Remember, it's going to look different when we come on back, right? Mass gloves, partitions. Check this out. It looks like now, if you're going to go to a beach bar in Maryland, you may have to put one of these on. It looks, in essence, like bumper cars, Kevin. What do you think (laughs) about the radius of six feet, right, to make sure you are staying socially distant six feet away? But what do you think about that, having to nestle up to the bar or to the kind of the the table with uh, what looks like an inner tube, I think, like, right, floating in a pool around yeah. you, uh, playing bumper cars with each other. How do you think this is going to work? So, <laughs> this is a terrible idea. I, I can only, <laughs> I can only speak from, from personal opinion, okay. but I know that if the Walsh family went out for dinner and they <laughs> strapped these things around us, the only result is us pl- treating them like they are bumper cars and bouncing you. all over the restaurant. It's the only result. And I don't know how that is not like, like you might think like, oh, maturity will prevail in these crazy times. Nope, not a chance. You have a bumper that. car on me. You have a bumper <laughs> car on me. What else am I going to do? However, I like, it's such a, it's this weird thing where like, I don't know how often you ate out. Um, you know, to me, like it wasn't super frequent. But I feel like a lot of people now are like, man, I just can't wait to get back to a restaurant. Gotta I got to get out to there, restaurant. right? Like, I, I, like, it's one of those things. Even seeing this video, which is just people running around in bumper car tables, right. makes me, like, hungry. Like, it's just this weird thing now where I'm just like, yeah, I want to go to an Outback Steakhouse. And I know but people are like... That, though? Are you going to roam around? Like, are we going to see that in bars? Are we going to see that on the street? Are we going to see, like, that what, to enter the subway system in New York, they're going to give you a, a little bumper to keep distance? You know, I mean, it's very interesting to me. Are, we, are you going to be walking on the boardwalk playing bumper cars? Or I also saw, you know, if you do go to the beaches, which will be open in a lot of places as we start to celebrate the informal start of summer this Memorial Day weekend... You know, not only the bumpers around individuals, but where you put down your blankets, right? You're going to have to have, like, 10 feet from, like, the next group. You know, we're seeing in parks here in New York the idea of people sunbathing or going for runs. They have circles around them, literally, in the parks that you can stay in. Is this? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this as part of our new normal, Kev? It's going to be really interesting to see what actually the new normal is. Like, I fully expect... Um, like sick rules at work to be a lot stricter now. Yeah. Um, I think a lot more fist bumps uh, or maybe elbow touches. Nah, nah, like, I'm going to tell you the truth. You know what I'm going with, Kevin? The no, next the time I see tap. you in person, nope, nope, I'm going oh. with namaste. Oh, not bad. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against that. Yeah, it, you yeah. know what? <laughs> it, it instantly makes you feel peaceful. I now That's believe nice. that I am and set I up for the rest you, of Kevin. my day. I didn't try to touch oh. you <laughs> It was distance. It was enlightening. It was spiritual. I now feel ready to conquer the rest of the day. And I think considering how successful of a show this has been, great Panthers breakdowns earlier in the program. We've got the Bundesliga action all covered uh, with Martino. Bartolo Colon coming back, for goodness sakes, right? I feel at peace. Absolutely. So keep it locked right here on Sports Grid. We'll be here with a weekend edition tomorrow, but keep it locked on Sports Grid. The morning after is up next. And Kevin, what do we tell Jared and Ariel? Namaste. We'll see y'all tomorrow on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.